Thanks, Kay. Now I'm going to need some help along the way from uh, the kids. So I'm going to get some volunteers as we go through and have a think about this passage together. It's good as we gather together as a whole church community, all four of our services together, uh, and as we sort of really come back and launch the year with school starting back and people returning from holidays, to remind ourselves, why do we do what we do? Why do we exist as a church community? What's our purpose? What's our goal? Um, why do we have this life uh, together? And Jesus' story in Matthew chapter 13 really helps us to think about it. Uh, Jesus' story is about a farmer who sows seeds. Now notice, first of all, what the farmer doesn't do. The farmer doesn't go wandering through his field, checking the different bits of soil and going, aha, here is a good patch of earth, this looks fantastic, and then uh, carefully make some furrows in the ground and then put his seeds from his bag, here I've got some seed here, make some little furrows in the ground and put some seed just carefully just in the good earth that he's found. He doesn't do that, does he? What does the farmer do? He wanders around his field and he does this. <laughs> Notice that I'm throwing in this direction and not that direction. <laughs> I'm taking a rough guess on where people are sitting and whether they'll appreciate having seen seed thrown at them. But he wanders around and he just throws his seed into various parts of the field. He sows it copiously, liberally, he sows it abundantly and generously into the various parts of the field. Some would say it's a bit wasteful, but the sower does it anyway. And as we're going to see, not all of that seed is going to bear fruit. Some of it won't grow into the plants that he might want. What's going on here? Well, as Jesus explains the message, uh, as Jesus explains the story that he's telling, he says that the seed being sown is the message of the kingdom. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to do a series working through this chapter of Matthew, and we're going to think more about what this kingdom that Jesus is talking about is. The kingdom of God, or as Matthew calls it, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is the place where God rules. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, doesn't God rule the whole universe? What do you mean the kingdom of God is the place where God rules? Well, we know, don't we, that people live in rebellion against God. People don't live the way that God wants us to live. People don't do what God wants us to do. And that's why we see the world around us in such a dreadful state, full of conflict, full of broken relationships. But when Jesus comes to earth, he announces that the kingdom of God has come near, that God is re-establishing his rule. He is setting up his rule in the world and he is doing it through Jesus Christ who is the king of God's kingdom. Jesus calls people back into relationship with God. Jesus shows us what the kingdom of God should look like. He heals people who are sick. He restores relationship. 
He shows love. He offers forgiveness. He gives hope. He welcomes people who are outside and rejected into this kingdom and gives them a place. And he shows that in the kingdom of God, your life can be transformed and changed as God does his good work in you. The seed that is sown, Jesus says, is the message of the kingdom. It's about announcing and showing people that God offers a better way to do life. And that way is by acknowledging the rightful rule of Jesus Christ as the king of God's kingdom. Sharing the message of the kingdom is all about making Jesus known through our words and through our actions. It's about both displaying and telling the world that Jesus is Lord and that his way is the best way to live. And just like the farmer, our job is to do this copiously, liberally, abundantly, generously, some might say a little bit wastefully, as we share the message of Jesus all around us. It's a bit similar, isn't it, to the mission that we have set for us, which articulates basically what is going on. If you just go, we want to go back one there, Andy. Our mission statement, as we know, is to know Christ and to make him known. Our church is all about Jesus. We want to grow in relationship with Jesus, knowing him, being more like him. But we also want to share Jesus with other people. We want to make him known so that they can have that relationship with him too that they would receive the life that is only found in him and that they'd receive the blessings of being part of a church community. And we've tried to capture it in our focused vision as well, which tries to picture what the future could be. We say by 2017, this is what we will be. We'll be actively engaged in the life of our local community and we'll be celebrating more people becoming Christians each year. This articulates this desire that we want to be outward focus. We just don't want to be cooped up here in a holy huddle with each other, as nice as that is. We want to take seriously the goal of making Jesus known out in our community so that people can hear about him and come to know him. Such a helpful thing to actually write this down and articulate that this is what we're on about as a church. Uh, On Wednesday night, I was having dinner with the uh, the members of the Nilambic Council. Uh, A few times a year, I uh, do a prayer before the council meeting uh, and you get the opportunity to have dinner together with the councillors before the meeting. And I was chatting with one councillor over dinner and she was bemoaning the fact that there are groups in the community which really close in on themselves. They're very inward focused. They don't contribute a lot in the wider community. Their community really is just amongst themselves and their goals are a little bit self-serving. And it was helpful for me to say, well, do you know what? Our church's vision is the total opposite of that. Our vision is that we want to be engaged in the life of our local community. We want to be out there and contributing, loving and serving this area. She was greatly encouraged. So what happens when the farmer sows the seeds in this sort of manner? Well, there's a variety of different responses. Now, I'm going to need some help from some kids here. Can I have a hand up for people who'd be willing to volunteer? Tim, 
Ryan. We've got Riley, sorry, Riley. We've got lots of boys. Yep. Yep. Okay, out we come. You can each stand behind one vase, and I'm going to ask you a question. And I need Andy, because Andy's going to zoom in here so that we can get this on the screen. Okay, we've got these vases, thanks to Janice and John McPherson, who've helped me out here, to try and represent the different types of soil that are spoken about here in Jesus' parable. Technical issue. Kirk will take over the phone. You'll have to imagine. Now, Riley, this is the first one. Jesus says that some of the seed fell amongst the path. Now, can you see in there and tell me what you can see? Are you able to zoom in on that, Kirk? Not that it's doing anything, but it doesn't matter. There we go. Come on, come on close, because Riley needs to have a look in there. Can you see the seeds? Yes. What are they doing? They're not doing much, are they? No, they're not doing backflips or anything like that. They're just sitting on the top because this is a hard path and they actually can't get down any further. They're just sitting on the top. And Jesus says that it, uh, the birds will just come and eat those. If you're a bird, you'd want to eat one of those, wouldn't you? Yeah, they just come and peck them and nothing happens. And Jesus says it's a bit like that. When the message of the kingdom goes out, some people will just not understand it. It'll be rejected straight away. It won't sink in. It won't go any further. I've had plenty of responses like that. You might have as well when you've talked about Jesus with people. Jesus also gives it a bit of a spiritual interpretation. He says that the birds are a bit like the evil one, Satan or the devil who snatches the seed away, which reminds us that when we share Jesus, it's actually a spiritual conversation that is taking place. You might say a spiritual battle as people may or may not respond to that message. Satan doesn't want people to know Jesus. He doesn't want people to make Jesus known. And so he wants that message to be snatched away, straight away, to distract people from hearing it. Okay. Now, secondly, Bronwyn, some seeds fall on rocky ground. Can you see that that's pretty rocky in there? Yeah. And how would you describe the plants in here? I really need a microphone here, but you can tell me. How would you describe that? What's it feel like if you put your hand in there? Crinkly. Crinkly. It's a bit dry. It has grown, hasn't it? But now it's all, all dried out. Do you reckon that'll last much longer beyond today? No. So actually in Jesus' story he says there's a little bit of soil on the top but it doesn't go very deep. So the plant springs up very quickly. As you can see it has grown. But then when the sun comes out, it all gets dried out because the roots don't go deep enough and it all gets dried and it dies and it burns and it doesn't come to anything. And Jesus says, when some people hear the message of the kingdom, that happens for them too. They, they seem really excited at the start. Straight away, they're sort of growing and things are happening. But because there's not depth there, the roots don't go very deep. When a problem comes along, there's a challenge. Maybe people tease them because they're following Jesus, or uh, maybe worse than that, they're persecuted because they're following Jesus. It, um, it doesn't last. It all dries up and goes away. When difficulties hit, when life gets tough, when Jesus' demands perhaps following him uh, seem too difficult, they give it up. And you might know people like that as well, mightn't you? 
Um, this is one of the challenges, I think, in youth ministry. I can think of people uh, that I was in youth group with and they seemed really enthusiastic, really excited, on fire for Jesus. But since then, their faith has sort of dried up, it's shriveled up. Some hard things have happened in their life, some sad things have happened. And maybe people made fun of their beliefs or said that they didn't make any sense. And all of that initial energy and enthusiasm has come to nothing because the roots didn't go deep. Okay. Thirdly, Charlotte, what do you, what do you, how would you describe the soil in here compared to the other soils? It looks better. Yeah. It actually, that's actually good soil. That's the same soil as this one here, which is going to be our good one. Can you see that there is actually a plant in there? You see this? Can you get that, Kirk? That there is actually a plant in the middle. So what's the problem here? What are all these? Yeah, they're weeds. Okay, they're taking up all of the space. Um, all of the water that this plant needs to grow is actually growing the weeds instead. And, and it's not much room for it. They couldn't, it couldn't really go very far, could it? Because the weeds are taking up all the space. Uh, and Jesus says sometimes that happens as well. There are other things that choke the plant and take its space. Um, there are things that uh, Jesus talks about, are things uh, especially like the worries of this life, Jesus says, and the deceitfulness of wealth. Uh, people get more concerned with uh, money or home improvements or sport or um, uh, maybe work and growing in their career or studying and getting really good marks. It might be any number of things, all of which are good things in and of themselves, nothing wrong with any of those things, but if they become the things that grow and they become more important and the message of Jesus and following him and being committed to his community of people are not as important, then the life that we have in Jesus will shrivel and die, and these other things will take its place. They'll become more and more important. Have you seen that happen? Maybe you can kind of identify that it's kind of happened to you or is happening to you. Jesus' image here is really insightful because it doesn't happen straight away. The weeds grow gradually and gradually take the place of the message of the kingdom here in the middle. It doesn't just happen instantly. It's a series of sort of little decisions where gradually priorities are given to other things other than Jesus, and slowly, slowly, ever so slowly, there can be a drift away from him and his priorities. Now, Jesus' story is a bit depressing, isn't it? One, two, three out of four of these seeds or parts of the garden which are sown come to nothing. You don't actually get the good result that you're looking for. Um, think about it in terms of the church, all of that good sharing of the message of the kingdom, sharing Jesus with other people, all of that welcoming people who come in, loving them, caring for them, assisting people in need, how frustrating that a lot of it might come for nothing. So is it all a waste of time? No, because there's one last response that happens. Tim, how would you describe what's going on in here? The soil and the plants. Plentiful. Plentiful, great word. Yep. Very in good condition. Good condition, yep. Uh, nice looking. 
nice looking. Yeah, it's growing, it's going really well, and it's amazing that a few seeds could sort of grow up into something quite like that. That's the good soil. All right, thanks, helpers. You can go and grab a seat. Give them a round of applause for their help there with the different soils. The last seeds that, as Tim's described, fall into good soil and it grows abundantly. Uh, Jesus actually says that it produces 30, 60 or 100 times what is sown. Uh, now, I'm not a farmer. Some, some of you are. Some of you are much better gardeners or farmers than I am. Uh, and even when you read commentaries on this passage, there's some debate about whether this is kind of normal growth for that part of the world or whether it really is miraculous um, growth. But here's what I think. I find it amazing that this, I don't know if you can even see it, can become this, right? How does that become that? How do you fit all of that? Oh, I've even dropped it. How do you feel all of that, fit all of that into that tiny little seed? Is it like the TARDIS from Doctor Who? There's a few people who get Doctor Who jokes. That's good. Um, how does it happen that one of those becomes one of those? And that's just one-to-one -one growth, isn't it? Let alone 30, 60, or 100 times. I'm going to put this down because it's really heavy. Kids, you're going to eat this later. Um, that's, your, that's your morning tea or afternoon tea, I think. That's a miracle to me, that one little seed like that can produce something as big as that. But it highlights the amazing response if a person does accept the message of Jesus, the message of the kingdom, and decides to follow him, to receive his forgiveness and new life, to come into his kingdom and under his rule, to join with the community of his people, to be loved and to love, and to commence that journey of transformation to become more like Jesus. Again, returning to the vision of our church, our vision is not just engagement in the life of our local community, that's important, but actually the rest of our vision is that we want to celebrate more people becoming Christians each year. We want to celebrate because when a person becomes a Christian, that's an amazing thing, it's wonderful, because Jesus is wonderful and life in Jesus is wonderful. It's the best way to live. It's where true freedom is found. It's the purpose for which human beings have been created. That's why we talk about celebrations, because it's such a wonderful thing. And if a person comes to Jesus, and when they come to Jesus, we want to party about it because there's nothing better in life than that. It's awesome and it's miraculous, like that seed growing into that huge watermelon. And of course, one piece of fruit itself is full of seeds. So as those seeds are sown and people share the new life that they have in Jesus with others by the way that they act, the way that they speak, what they say and do, then other people will hear that message of the kingdom and can respond to Jesus as well. It seems wasteful, doesn't it? The way these seeds are just thrown it seems extravagant. It seems like misplaced effort to sow so generously. But in the economy of God, it's all about the plants that do grow. So what should we do? In light of this story of Jesus, what is this calling us as a church 
to do together? Well, I think two things. We should sow and we should pray. I've already highlighted the, uh, the role that we have to sow the message of Jesus and his kingdom wherever we are and to whoever we meet. And we should do this copiously, liberally, abundantly, generously, some would say, wastefully. But we are to make Jesus known wherever we are by the way that we act, the lives that we live, as well as the words that we speak. But having done this, we do need to recognise, and Jesus' story talks a lot about this, that we have to rely on God to bring the fruit. Again, there's a spiritual dimension to this process. It doesn't ultimately rest on our efforts, uh, how great we are at welcoming, what flawless examples we are, how eloquent we might be, thank goodness. We need to pray and we need to ask God that the seeds that we sow would find good soil and would grow. I was really challenged last year when we had a visit from the Gifford family, our link missionaries, our CMS link missionaries, there they are there, who are working in Barcelona. Andrew shared with us that he's got these little cards where he's written down families from the local school that they're seeking to share Jesus with and he prays for them from those cards as he walks along. And he was reflecting that it's possible that no one has ever prayed for these people ever before. The fact that they are doing it, the Giffords are there in Barcelona and are praying for them. And he was saying, who knows the power of those prayers for these families. And Andrew invited us that we could take one of his cards with a name of a family that they're ministering to in Barcelona and we as families or individuals or as life groups might like to pray for these families that the Giffords are ministering to. Which is great and a number of people did that. Here's the challenge. Here's where I was convicted. How many of us are doing that for our families and friends? The people that our kids go to school with the people that we go to school with, the people that we work with, our neighbours that we talk to across the fence. You see, what the Giffords are doing in Barcelona is no different than what we should be doing here. We should be praying for those that we connect with, wherever that might be, through the day, through the week, through the year. We should be deliberate about it, as deliberate about it as the Giffords are, because their mission and our mission is the same, really to know Jesus, to know Christ, and to make him known. I can sow all I want, but apart from God's work and a softening of people's hearts, nothing will happen. So as we finish up, you might like to think about who you would write down on your cards. And as you go away from here, don't let this drop and forget about it, but actually write down the names, I suggest you know, three people or three families that you would like to come to know Jesus and that you can pray for and seek to be an example to and seek to share something of how great Jesus is this year. So let me pray for us as I finish. Jesus, we thank you that you are wonderful and life in you is wonderful. Help us to share the message of your kingdom with other people by the way that we live and by what we say. Help us, we pray, to be deliberate about this, thinking of those people that we would love to know you, 
praying for them and looking for opportunities to be a witness to them. We ask that you would take the seeds that we sow as a church, as families, as individuals, that they would find good soil and that they would grow and create a great harvest as people come to trust in Jesus. Amen.